There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. For the past three and a half weeks, I'm in touch in some way with Ukraine almost every day. They also could use some good news. It's a good thing we know the source of living water. I don't know whether to envy or admire those people who do daily podcasts or who have time to be on the radio two hours every day. I mean, on one hand, I really enjoy these podcasts, putting them together, getting the details for the stories. In this day and age, the Lord has given us so many technological opportunities to communicate that I see the church around the world being more connected than ever. I think that's a good thing. We can bear one another's burdens. We can rejoice in each other's testimonies. We can impact each other's sphere of ministry and encouragement. My work as a field director with Gospel Inc. has expanded my love for the church. I share a wider sense of purpose, really, and identity, knowing national preachers from around the globe. I look at this podcast and my ministry as an opportunity, not a burden. On the other hand, there is a lot of work that goes into researching a preacher and his story, as well as verifying the accuracy of this testimony. Obviously, it takes time to sit down and relate them to you, and I realize I'm only able to bring you good news from a far country twice a month. My goal has been to launch an episode every 15th and every 30th of the month. However, with the situation in Ukraine right now, I am using this platform a little bit to try and keep people updated. A lot of people use Facebook, and I can appreciate that, though I'm not much of a Facebook person myself. I like the interaction of person to person, or at least the nuance of voice inflection, <laughs> thus the podcast. Through Gospel Inc., there are 13 churches that are financially supporting Ukrainian national preachers. And Gospel Inc. has over 160 individuals and families supporting someone in Ukraine. I have tried to phone or email many of them, but I just don't have the time to talk to everyone. Then, of course, I lived in the former Soviet Union for five years, and there I served with hundreds of godly people that I love. Most of us still have a heart for the gospel and for that part of the world. Most of us share a sadness as we see the footage of bombed-out buildings and destroyed shops and desperate refugees. That's why, this month, I'm doing three podcasts on Ukraine. This episode is titled, Ukrainian Weapons. Oh, I know you've seen the tanks and the artillery guns, and no, I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about spiritual weapons. Those weapons don't kill, 
they lead to life. The weapons I'm talking about being used in Ukraine, charity, faithfulness, patience, and service. It's time to get out a tall glass. The shock of the invasion has subsided. War is underway. And what Putin and his generals had hoped to be a blitzkrieg, kind of one and done, has collided with patriotism and resistance from Ukraine. The shock and awe of the Russian army have deteriorated into grind and fight. But you know, from a spiritual analogy, that's the way most of our life is. Not just on an everyday level, but like I said, on the spiritual level as well. There's highlight moments like our salvation or our baptism, or maybe a time at a summer camp, or maybe a time of prayer when you surrendered to the Lord and entered in his freedom, a conference, a retreat, I don't know. But most days are one foot in front of another days. Do the dishes, take out the trash days. But as followers of Christ, we get the privilege to do everything we do for him. The very yielding of our body is an act of service. I think that's why Jesus said, I know your works and charity and service and faith and thy patience. These are the weapons that I'm watching the national preachers use in Ukraine. He knows our works. What a great thought. What a great comfort. We don't have to be magnanimous or splendiferous in our works. <laughs> I'm not even sure splendiferous is a word, but you know what I mean. Jesus doesn't praise the book writers or the televangelists or the renowned scholars who set up seminaries. He praises those who have patience and faith and service. You know, service to our king is usually in the trenches of hard work being diligent to obey, being purposeful to be grateful. You know what I mean? Being faithful in giving, no matter what the amount. Just being faithful because Jesus knows our works, our service, our faith, and our patience. I certainly don't know all of the work that Christians are accomplishing right now in Ukraine. In case you haven't heard, the number of Ukrainians who have fled to Europe stands about three and a half million. I know some of those people. In fact, I probably know more of them than I realize. One of them is a gospeling preacher, Vladimir Stebluk. He's over 60, so he's allowed out of the country. I visited Vladimir back in 2004. He had a very humble, I might even say meager, Soviet-built apartment where I dined on cabbage soup. But today, he'll eat his dinner in Germany. He's the only gospeling preacher I know who has left Ukraine, and I'm sure he didn't do it with joy. Viktor Fiofanov's wife has left him in Zaporozhye, and she is in Poland. Vyacheslav Lobach and Alexei Ivanov got their wives to Bulgaria, but they're back in eastern Ukraine, where they're working together, getting refugees fed and housed. The word I heard is that the two of them, Vyacheslav and Alexei, are living like two bachelors together, taking turns at cooking for each other. 
Though by the sound of things, they're not spending much time in the kitchen. There are nine churches in the Zaporozhye region who are working together feeding a total of about 900 people a day. This past week, there's been a strong flow of evacuees from Mariupol. Zaporozhye is the first big city that can be reached on the other side of the front. So the refugees stay sometimes a day or sometimes up to three days waiting for family members to catch up before moving on toward the west somewhere. In most of our churches in the United States, I think 900 people would be quite the fellowship meal or dinner on the ground, as they say in the South. But these 900 people aren't just there for one Sunday afternoon. It's day after day. One Gospel Inc. preacher sent me a photo. That's right, I'll put it on the website. In the photo, there are five men sitting in one of the church kitchens peeling potatoes. There's no machine guns, no burning tanks. Those weapons are sadly in use in Ukraine. But these five men in the photo wield potato peelers. It's their weapon of service and charity because they're going to help feed 900 refugees today and tomorrow and probably next week. If you pick up a potato peeler, thank the Lord that you have the freedom and the chance to serve somebody. Vadim is one of the Gospel Link preachers that I know well. And if you watch the video on YouTube, he was one of them helping pass out flowers in New Testaments on March 8th. Last week, Vadim went down to give blood, but they refused him. His hemoglobin is too low. That didn't stop his efforts to help his people. He's working with the churches, assigning refugees to different church buildings. When I talked to him this morning, he had to get off the phone after only a few minutes because the evacuee commission board was calling him. Yes, the war is real. And I know the news shows the extremes, but the carnage is real. The good news is, God is rescuing people. Gina Bagan has been with Gospel Inc. Oh, 18 years. He lives in a village, one that shouldn't matter too much. But last week, he and his wife decided they needed to leave. Heading north to the city of Zaporozhye, they found the bridge was destroyed. So he and his wife held their bags above their heads and forded through the river to the other side. The next day, one of the neighbors that lives on his street called and told him that their street had taken a Russian artillery hit. All of Guinea's windows are broken in. Guinea is safe and he's moving on toward the west. Sometime last year, a dear lady contacted me and said that she wanted to buy her Ukrainian preacher a car. She has supported this Ukrainian preacher through Gospel Inc. for more than a decade. Igor has a car, but he spends as much time fixing it as he did driving it. He works as a pastor in eastern Ukraine, but the car is like a taxi and it helps subsidize his income and it's his major platform for evangelism, as his reports are always full of encounters with passengers. So, from the United States, this gospeling sponsor, Igor, got a new car. Not a brand new car, but it was new for him. That car 
may have saved his life last week. He and his wife drove it out of Guliapoli under the cover of darkness at night, part of a Red Cross convoy, one day before the Russian army arrived. He too received a call from a neighbor. The army broke into Igor's house, took the food they could find. <laughs> they also took his old car. Some people donate to a charity, others donate to the Russian army. Maybe they'll find a track in it and read it. I talked to one of our Gospelink missionaries from Western Ukraine this week, who has been fighting in Mariupol for five years. His weapon has been patience. It's too bad what is happening in Mariupol, Pastor K told me. It's such a beautiful city. It's on the sea. I've been going there to plant a church twice a year now for several years. He went on to tell me how difficult it has been to plant a church there. He has established a Bible study with about five people. But by and large, no one they met was interested in God. People were not interested in praying at all for anything. Nonetheless, Pastor K has been evangelizing in that city for five years. Somehow, as I hear of the desperate situation in Mariupol today, I think there may be more people interested in praying. I hope they remember Pastor K and things he shared with them. Today, Pastor K can't set up a prayer tent in Mariupol's park like he used to, but he hasn't laid down his weapons of service and charity. He sent me photos where I could see boxes packed with medicine headed to Kharkov. Another photo showed supplies headed to Rivne, another with a truckload for Zaporozhye. He's still serving, still fighting the good fight. Vadim Y serves in the Ukrainian army. He's not a new recruit. He's been in for a long time. He was in the army back in 2014 when the Crimean Peninsula was annexed by a bigger, stronger nation. In school, we called such an actor a bully. However, something else happened in 2014 with Vadim. He heard the gospel. This is not a gospel that bribes a man into heaven. It's not a gospel that demands one's surrender from a totalitarian platform. The gospel of Jesus Christ proclaims that the Creator King died for man's sin, and whosoever believeth can have everlasting life. The authority emblazoned in the person of Christ neither bribes, nor subjugates, nor walks in darkness, and this kind of authority contrasted starkly to what Vadim knows in his culture in Ukraine. Eight years ago, Vadim bowed the knee to the one whom we shall all bow to eventually. Now tensions and conflict concerning Crimea pale in comparison to the tragedy and danger of battle that's now raging in Ukraine. And Vadim Y is somewhere on the front lines. He is a chaplain in the Ukrainian army. He cannot tell his family exactly where he is. He only told them last week, where I am, it is hot. You know, woe be upon us if we watch the footage of this war and these battles and we look at it as some kind of sports arena 
and we find ourselves rooting for one side or the other. May I remind you that Satan moves men to kill and destroy. And yet, victories from heaven's perspective are not recorded in captured cities or number of casualties. However, there was a victory, a spiritual victory, in the life of Vadim Y this week. Since 2014, Vadim Y has become very close friends with Vadim P. <laughs> now, try to keep all these Vadims straight. Um, P could stand for pastor because honestly, Vadim P coordinates Gospelink's network of national preachers in Zaporozhia, and he himself is a pastor. He told me that he has been leading prayer meetings every night at his church this week. He is also involved in the endeavor of transporting and shuttling the refugees I mentioned. He's part of organizing the churches to feed the refugees. He's working with another Gospelink man, Edward, and they are every day with people who are looking for hope, weeping, crying, trying to get away. At prayer meeting this week, Vadim P. observed two new people whom he did not recognize. One was a woman about his age, and the other was a young man about 19 years of age. They were mother and son. The son is working as a paramedic. The mother is the wife of Vadim Y. They have never attended church before. They have not shared their father and their husband's faith. Vadim Y, like I said, is a chaplain in the Ukrainian army and has become a close spiritual comrade with Vadim P. He has often spoken to his family, but they've never come to church before. You know, most of us know that family members can be the most difficult people to reach. I can only imagine how many soldiers that Vadim Y prayed for this week as the artillery bursts and the buildings burned. You know, he probably never prayed for a war in his country, but he may have prayed, Lord, whatever it takes, please bring my family to repentance and salvation. That prayer was answered this week. While Vadim Y was out there serving his country and being a chaplain and a prayer warrior with soldiers, his wife and son came to a prayer meeting conducted and led by a gospel-ink preacher. He's a national man, so he didn't have the opportunity to get out of the country when the getting was good. And so he's there practicing faithfulness, charity, and the weapon of prayer. Vadim Y's wife accepted Christ. His 19-year-old son was amazed at how many young people were there his age. They both accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior this week. God is working salvation in the midst of the earth. And that, my friends, is good news. Yeah, 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 yeah
best we can to get information concerning our gospeling preachers in Ukraine, as well as trying to support them. Last week, two financial wires were sent out so that these godly servants have means to do what they're doing for the Lord. If the Lord would put it on your heart to help our national preachers there in any way at this time, you may do that through Gospel Inc. You may call our office, or you can go on the website where a special page is set up concerning the current crisis in Ukraine. There will also be a link to do this at cupofgoodnews.org. Your gift will go into the hands of our national team working in five different regions of the country. They are our brothers and sisters. And I know the Lord remembers their works, their faith, and their charity. Will he lead you to do the same?